0: Live from Run Your Mouth World Headquarters. We explore the secret China plan to use garbage sold on Timo to overfill our landfills, and how the random pieces of unused kitchen appliances may in the future assemble themselves into robots to take over the country. As Israel runs out of areas to flatten in Gaza, will Netanyahu agree to go to Bombing Things Rehab and why Egypt is going, Dude, what the fuck? We've been so cool this entire time. With Kansas City winning the Super Bowl, we investigate why rich people like standing in crowded rooms. Next up, scientists explain why the secret to cancer immunity might be more nuclear disasters. And lastly, scientists explore why estrogen is making males violent. And how letting transgender males beat the shit out of women in combat sports might be the answer. It's your daily dose of misinformation pulled from a lightly hemorrhoided asshole. It's today's Run Your Mouth. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth Podcast. It is a pleasure to be with you. And uh I was in here late at night. I did a broadcast and I recorded myself going, is this the right setting? Can I hear myself now? Is that it? Testing one, two, three, a whole evening of that. So I think we should be fixed. I think this will be the most professional broadcast we've ever done ever. And if I was funny, the whole background would just fall down right there. We'll get there. You know, At some point, that's the kind of budget we're going to have from Run Your Mouth Enterprises. As I sit down and I visualize and I come up with these kind of unbelievable great grand ideas and I get to yell at my little Oompa Loompa producer team to get it done, We're gonna get there. Uh, Anyways, it's great to be with you guys. I figured out where all the money goes. I know we're on this show all the time and we're yelling about the financial scandals in the markets and how the Fed is pumping all this money into the system and the inflations and the seesaws between the wall streets, your stocks going up, your home values going down. We've yelled about it all. We've explored it all and let me tell you, As I travel the world, that's why it's important to actually get out of your apartment, go see the sights and scenes, see what's doing, intermingle with the people. I have discovered where the money is going. I got to the core of the system and I know where it is and it's in the airport lounges. That's where the money is. I've been doing travel and life wrong the entire way. Oh my God. The free things that they'll give you, if you get, there seems to be some bonus round economy that I wasn't aware of. My whole life, I didn't really have financial goals, but I didn't realize that if you spend some amount of money, they just start giving you things for free. There's some sort of a status that if you can just achieve this status, then people just go, you know what? You don't even need to spend money anymore. You know how many times I've sweated out having a beverage at the airport, but I got myself this, uh, you know what, I don't want to, I, I, what am I going to share this information with you guys so that you can start crowding the lounges and ruining it for all of us? Am I going to be that person? Until someone with a good lounge, uh, Chase Sapphire Reserve, I got a Chase Sapphire Reserve card, and then it cost you like 500 bucks, but then they give you $300 back in travel credits, and then I drank that other $200 worth in one airport trip. In one airport trip. And You know how many more airport trips I'm going to be taking for the rest of the year? I, I should be getting a Jew medallion for this one of having, f- finally, the, the, you know, never do I come up with these, like the good griffs in the system. I, I was flying around the country for two whole years. I never had a credit card. I didn't collect a single point. I never got a status. I never got an upgrade. And then finally, you know, the uh, the good people at Chase Bank, they worked out a deal with the Federal Reserve where for some reason they can have lounges in these airports. You just flash in the credit card. And then once you're inside, they'll just serve you all the free drinks in a nice bar. And let me tell you, the lounge access is going to go away. They, they, these kind of freebies should not exist for people. Like, I feel like I haven't done enough spending in life to be getting this kind. Like, what's the next level? What's the next door at that airport that I didn't even realize existed that they just open? Is that where they keep the Victoria's Secret models? Like, what's the next? If, if I'm already at the free drinks level where they just open up a door and there's free drinks, what other doors can be opened for me? I, and I'm just saying, this makes me want to have money now. Because I didn't realize that money meant that you could just have free stuff. Like, I, th- I always thought you'd just say it's like more money, more problems. They lied to you on that. It's more money and more free. I don't understand how that works. I don't understand why there's a fee for everything that ever happens at you're in bank, but then somehow they can just have a place at the airport where they can just serve you all of the free drinks. But listen, I'm on, I'm on Team Chase Bank now. Let me tell you, you know, I was, I was railing against the banks and what, and wall street and, and the, the bailouts and giving them all the money. But if, if, if banker bailouts means that I can show up at the airport and just sit at a bar and get hammered for free on good beverages, then you know what? I, I I approve. You can bribe me to be preaching the bank bailout system. All right. All right. Let's go. Oh, but this was fun. So I went from that to sitting in the last row of the airplane. Have you guys ever sat on the last row of the airplane in the aisle? You're basically you you basically have a seat that's inside of the bathroom. And if you're already going to have a Melanie scented bathroom that gives me a headache, can you put drugs in there that put me to sleep? Can you do something that gives me like a Kratom-like experience where you just turn around and you go, oh, my back hurt doesn't hurt anymore, and I don't really care about all those things that I cared about a couple minutes ago. Suddenly, I'm not irritable at all. Two seconds ago, I was irritable. I'm just saying, if you're already going to put chemicals into the thing that I already have to choose, like, that, it, it's not even really, you know, it's like shit scent with melon, and the melon gives you a headache. So just, just put some other chemicals in there. That if I've already got to breathe in chemicals that give me a headache, at least give me some sort of a drug experience first. And then this was also this, this was also remarkable. That uh, I, I'm sitting there and, uh, you know, I didn't sleep the night before. So it's always a scramble to try and get the gear together, the production gear for the live part of the Problem Podcasts. You know people don't see it behind the scenes. I'm lugging all sorts of equipment. I'm plugging in chords I'm working as a roadie. I'm bringing a drum set. Dave always refuses to use the drum set I'm lugging a drum set cross-country at every gig and he goes we're not playing the drums on this and I go yeah But I brought the drum set anyways some point. I'll show off my 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 incredible uh, uh, John Bonham uh, Drum solo skills. I don't know how to play the drums anyways Trying to, well, well, why are we going on this tangent? I'm trying to talk about that I'm sitting in the back row of the plane. Did I already talk about that? I really ADD'd right there. Yeah, people kept waking me up. I'm like, I'm trying to sleep. I didn't sleep the night before. You got the gig that night. I I, I got myself good and hammered in the airport so I could sleep through this flight, and thank God, I don't think I would have survived that one, you know, totally, totally crispy. That would have been a bad one, right? So I'm sitting there and my experience of falling asleep is that every time I fell asleep, you know, the Shane's plague and some guy would go, hey, sir, just wake up. I'm about to go in there and take a shit. And then and then like some lady would be like, I'm about to go in there. If you could just make sure that you're up. I want to make sure that you can hear and smell this. Don't you don't want to sleep through this. I'm about to go in there and take a shit. I've never seen so many people use a use an airplane bathroom. Maybe they're all in the Chase Sapphire Reserve Lounge pounding coffees and stuff before this stuff. All right, we've got a dense episode. We've got all sorts of topics coming at you, but why not take a moment and thank YoKratom.com, home of the 6 dollars kilo, the only place in the entire world you can get an entire kilo of kratoms for just $60. And now let's talk about the Super Bowl for a minute. Did you guys get to watch the Super Bowl? I only got to watch the first half. I was uh, in the airport flying back from uh, Houston. We did really fun shows at the Secret Group. I wish maybe next year we'll like we'll get a whole week in there and I'd like to maybe film first half hour. That place was great. That place was a lot of fun. Uh and go check out the live part of the Prom podcast. That was a good that was a good one. Anyways, so I was in the airport flying back and so I got to watch the first half of the game at some bar. And I did have a couple takeaways, because the game just seems to flow a little bit different. Maybe I was talking about this last year, but firstly, there's way too much ceremony. I I wish we could start getting to a level with Run Your Mouth, where we could have a half hour of ceremony before we start the show. And now, before we start the show, we're going to raise the flag, and now we've got this person that has absolutely nothing to do with the show, and here's some fireworks for before the show, and then here's the, it's just, can we just start this thing? Do we all have endless time? And then you got these Super Bowl players, the star players. They, they 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 show up these days dressed like purses. I noticed a lot of towel thongs. I don't remember players playing in the game with towels going down their ass crack. It's like these people got smaller asses, so now they don't want to get cut from the teams for having smaller asses. They got to wear little towels down the ass crack to show off the amount of the amount of butt that they've got there. You got emo, tatted up, heroin people singing "America's Beautiful," and then Usher. Was that guy ever good? Did you guys enjoy watching Usher dance? I don't want to watch a halftime show with someone dancing unless it's Keith Richards. I mean, uh, the, the, the Mick Jagger, but that's, you don't really like Mick Jagger dancing. You're like, all right, I'll look past this because your songs are so good. I'll pretend, you know, I like watching dancing. is like Angus Young. I'll watch that guy. He doesn't really dance, but he does, he does the duck walk while he's playing some awesome guitar riffs. You're like, all right, that's kind of cool. And then this was what I found to be most 2024 about the Super Bowl in the world that we live in now. I don't know who was doing color commentary on the Super Bowl. I don't watch football anymore, so I don't know what goes on over there. And it's also a new landscape where every single commercial is, we have a product that wants to kill you, but we just want to let you know how much we care about equality while we pump diabetes and chemicals into the American people. We just want to remind you how much we love fairness and we think everyone should get along and here's a pat on the back for the gays now go drink some more of our liquid diabetes it used to be funny commercials now everything's safe it's an irrelevant celebrity from the 80s and uh some some fancy pictures of birds doves and rainbows and how everyone should be nicer and feel good about each other but then here's what i found most shocking i don't know if you guys picked up on this maybe i should have uh recorded some clips but the color commentary was all about the emotions of the players now. Did anyone else pick up on that? That like, it was no longer about the game flow and what was going on in the game. It's all just like therapy, little bits of therapies. They're sitting there like, uh, after a sack like that, you really start to question why the front line abandoned you and all the other times that you were abandoned in your life. And now you gotta think about how your parents left you as a kid and get back into the game and try the football. And uh, you know, the way that that's gonna mess with their confidence, did anyone else notice that? All right, moving forward, when I was in that back row of that plane and I was trying to get through it, I was uh, popping those uh, the, the Zins, soon to be Zemos. once they come through and uh, we upgrade our sponsorship from these packages that only go up to six to people that are gonna be coming in as even bigger assholes and give you the nicotines up to the eights. But anyways, can we get somehow? can someone like make a super zen where i don't even need to eat food just get some b vitamins some minerals maybe like dust in whatever's on those boner pills i can just walk around with erections vitamins and nicotine in my system maybe i'll talk to the next sponsor about if they can just sprinkle nootropics onto the zin so that you can just lose weight feel good and never have to eat all right and then just one more thing and then i promise you i've got a dense episode here we've been digging in i've done my homework but I do want to share a little victory story for you because uh, you know there's so much spirituality talk in the world. And listen, I I, I try invest in spirituality myself. You know, I, I I show up to synagogue a couple times a year. I go to the Passover Seder still. I, I read these random books of Eastern philosophy. I'm always trying to, uh, you know, better overcome my compulsive behaviors. And uh, listen, we're all out there. We're on the Instagrams. We're looking at how women like hikes. They, they like drinking fresher waters. And we're all trying to invest in better people so that we can lie and pretend like, you know, whatever. I, I'm just saying, we're all out here in the world trying to become better people. But sometimes we don't share enough stories of how your horrible compulsive behaviors came through for a win. And so every single time I've gone down to Houston, Texas, I've said that I want to go to the Joel Alston thing just to see the show of it. I'm like, I'm curious to see this thing. I want to see that self-help spectacular right up front in person and feel the glow of Joel Alston and his perfect hair, his shiny teeth, and his message of hope. And every time I'm there, I say I'm going to do it, and then I never do it because I just usually am rushed on time. This time, I had all the time. I didn't have a flight till 7 p.m. I had a whole day to kill. And I was like, you know what? I really should do it. But you know what I did instead? I ate an edible, I masturbated, and went back to sleep. And so you know what? Masturbation and going back to sleep for the win. And I feel like we should all just share our stories of hope for when every single time that you decide to just eat an edible and get back into bed and like, listen, you might miss out on a lot of life, but there might be some times where that really came through for the win. And so if you also have had experiences recently, where eating an edible, jerking off and going back to bed really saved your day. I feel like it's your duty to share that with the world. All right, let's, uh, let's take a couple comments and then we'll get into the next thing. Listen, We're making big-time improvements here at uh, Run Your Mouth World Headquarters. Um, But until I start wearing glasses, I can't actually read. So I'm just going to walk over. We're going to read a couple comments. We're going to get a second camera for when we do this, Mr. Rogers style. And And then we'll get started on the actual show. I'm a little caught up here. Here we go. Wasn't there a Dallas POTP coming date? Was it canceled? I had the exact same question. I looked at the schedule and I saw that that seemed to have fallen off. So I have to find out myself. Uh, My chat about Kratom disappeared. What the hell? Um, I don't know. I can't answer that for you. Do they allow you at the Joel Austin place? Maybe not anymore. Um, All right. And then let's take one more tunnels at the Denver airport, LOL. Not only they do they have the tunnels at the uh, Denver airport, they're uh, they're mocking us now. They're mocking us. So they got these uh, they got these visuals there, they got their advertisements letting you know that the lizard people are working underneath. You even got Joe Biden coming out there with lasers in his eyes. It's like the new thing. They're mocking us. They're going, all right, you you know what? We're just we're just gonna own it because there's nothing that you guys can do about it anyways. All right, let's get into the show. First topic of today, uh, you've got 86% of the population thinks that Biden is too old. And so here's a New York Post article where they're gonna try and uh, you know freshen them up. And by the way, for some reason, Joe Biden actually does get recalled. Here's a movie I'd like to see is the comeback Joe Biden story where Fetterman trains him how to get back out there even if you can't speak or have coherent thoughts. Let's watch that Rocky film of uh, Fetterman playing the role of Mickey and you get Joe Biden out there as Rocky teaching, uh, to trying to train him for how you can be a brain-dead politician, but still show up to work. Or maybe Joe Biden can be the washed-up old politician who trains Fetterman so that Fetterman doesn't have to feel guilty about not being able to actually do the job and continue. Maybe he'll train him how to be president. You know what? Maybe this needs a rewrite. But anyways, 86% of the population feels that Joe Biden is too run old to run for president. They're trying to come up with some new looks for him, and so... Uh, you know, we came up with some ideas. This is the casual. I don't even care to wear this shirt. I mean, sure. I put it on, but I didn't actually put the sleeves on just to show you how little I care about this shirt or the next one is, um, power lady sailor suits. And what's great about the power lady sailor suits is that you're, um, appealing to both genders, right? You're letting people know I represent men, I represent women, but then you're using the power daddy leather, You know to let people know that you're still in control and showing off your daddy bones so that one's a good one or of course we wanted to see what he'd look like as post malone which is another look for if you just want like meek and weak and don't really want to say all that much and just smile and like take heroin and then people don't expect all that much from you uh that's a good one as well all right and then the look that they ended up rolling out for joe biden as they're trying to figure out what might work better for the guy they freshen them up, they get them on TikTok, and they went out with just some old school khaki pants. These Let's give Niners. this a watch.
1: Two great quarterbacks. Hard to decide, but if I didn't say I was for the Eagles, then I'd be sleeping alone. My wife's a Philly girl.
0: Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey?
1: Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies.
0: Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl or the Chiefs just being a good football team? I'm
1: getting in trouble if I told Drumper Biden. Are you kidding? (laughs) Biden.
0: It seems like the new strategy, since they can't keep him in the basement, is can we shorten things to one word answers and make it about cookies, which is a word that he was barely even able to get out. And how many times do you think they had to rehearse that little one? So is that going to be just the new thing? Roll the guy out, ask him really short questions about the topics on ice cream cones and move on. Freshen him up, get him out of these suits and the aviators, put him more in the uh make him a little bit softer looking. Instead of slick politician looking, we'll get him with the with the khaki pants, we'll get him in old man sweaters. But when I was watching this and I see uh Biden and they're trying to roll him out for the younger generation answering short form nonsense questions, i was thinking well what's donald trump doing for his super bowl? what does the donald trump super bowl party look like and my god these it was nice. even worse let's give that a watch here yeah, is donald nice. trump enjoying his super bowl at mar-a-lago where i don't even think we should be watching this they rolled out the 16 year old girls uh, to come you know the local high school cheerleading squad to get out there in front of course trump's looking at them going Epstein would have loved this. If Epstein could have been around for this to see how great I'd be that they would just bring the high school. How did this phone call go of, hey, the uh, local high school or cheerleading squad would like to put on their tight yoga pants and comfort for bring him. That sounds like a great, a fine tribute for a fine day. And is this just a show for Donald Trump? That makes perfect sense. I would, if I had a high school girl, I would totally bring her to Mar-a-Lago to dance for me. Alright, and next up, but let's take a second before I play this video just to make sure everything actually played, let me know. Uh, Yeah, I'm not seeing any comments that the audio didn't work, so I'm going to assume that we're golden and that we figured it out. Producer, play that beautiful noise of victory. That, that, that song that we talked about that would come in and go, wow, you got a very simple task done that shouldn't have taken you seven years of podcasting to figure out how to play audio within a stream. All right. And then here was Fetterman uh, talking about the issue of uh, Joe Biden's age and, uh, you know, competency concerns on the job. Let's hear Fetterman.
1: Sorry. Uh, can I ask you about the special counsel's report
0: about Joe Biden questioning his memory? You know, saying that they wouldn't couldn't convince a jury to convict him because of his memory. Are what is your level of concern about the president in the aftermath of that report? I, I don't. Isn't that great? Hey, you're retarded, Are you're concerned about other people who won't be able to do this job? And of course, he responds, as, well, no. When I was lobotomized, they took away the part of your brain that would be concerned about things." I don't have that part of my brain. That's what happens when uh, you get uh, the, when you become dumber. Is uh, you lose concern for things. So he will let him know that no, I don't share these concerns, and I'll read it don't
1: too. Uh, can I just think about the special counsel's report about Joe Biden questioning
0: his memory? You know, saying that they wouldn't couldn't convince a jury to convict him because of his memory. Are, what is your level of concern about? The president in the aftermath
1: of that report. I, I don't I don't have any concern over that and that's just some that, that, that was just out of the gutter and now for him to even mention the death of his son. Now I have two sons and if, if something like that happened.
0: I don't really have concerns for anything in life. Really no feelings emotions or anything whatsoever. Now you've got Boris Johnson Johnson uh, responding to the uh, Tucker Carlson interview. So it's interesting. We've been talking about and part of the problem for a long time that it seemed like a peace deal had been worked out in Ukraine. It was reported. I don't remember where we had gotten this from. It's the Russian talking points. They come over, you memorize them, you spin them on the podcast, and then you just forget about it. But I remember it's something that we've been talking about for a while. It had been out in the ether, and that's what's fun about when Tucker Carlson or other people report on these things is you get this information to a much wider group of people that more people can understand the fact that we could have dodged countless Ukrainian deaths for absolutely no reason. Remember, people decided to fund this war. Uh, They lied to us to say that it was being a victory. The whole thing could have been avoided. Nice and simple. You could have just not done the war. But no, we decided we had to talk them into it. We have to ruin their peace deals. And so here was Boris Johnson commenting on the Tucker Carlson piece. Around the world, people are watching that ludicrous interview with Vladimir Putin conducted by Tucker Carlson. And we must not fall for this tissue of lies, above all for the notion that Putin is somehow fated to succeed in Ukraine. On the contrary, he is doomed to fail. Read about it in the Daily Mail. All right, so I was curious to read about this in the Daily Mail. Here's Boris Johnson, and this is incredible after two or maybe three years at this point of this failed hey we're winning in the ukraine war they're still trying to sell us on the idea that if we send them 86 billion dollars that's somehow going to make that's somehow going to do something other than just get more ukrainians killed instead of finally waking up to the fact hey this thing was failed this was a bad idea i could have told you that in week one when china and india didn't get our back in the operation all right this thing seems to not be working They seem to, they're they're still selling this lie. Remember Chuck Schumer even said it, that he's going to, Putin's going to go in and he's going to go take over the rest of Europe. How many years is that going to take him? If you do the math on how much of Ukraine he's taken and uh, you look at even, I don't know if there's been much movements in the lines, but let's assume there is. What's the math on how long till he gets to Poland? Can someone do those forecasts and then from Poland to the next area? What are we looking at? In a thousand years from now, Putin might go and take over all of Europe? I mean, if we're so concerned about this, where's the forecast based on current performance of how soon the guy even gets to Poland? So what is this, something I have to uh, be concerned about in a hundred years? By then, global warming might actually be a problem. By then, we might actually get to the point where the global warming thing is something that we have to be concerned about, and everyone just opts out of war because they're like, "We, we can't even use carbon for this thing. But here he is. It's two years later, and he's letting you know it's not true. I never got in the way of a peace deal. And not only that, but you uh, this war is still important because Russia is losing, and you can read about it in the Daily Mail. And I was like, all right, I'll go read about that in the Daily Mail. You'll, you're still claiming that we've got an opportunity to win this thing? What do you got for me, Boris Johnson? And so in the first part of the article, he goes, great spin. You know, I guess this guy was a decent politician when he was uh, lying about COVID being a problem and partying. But anyways, so you've got uh, Boris Johnson and his first part of the article was, I would never have talked the Ukrainians out uh, out of a peace deal. It was because of their resolve and their strength as a people. There was no way of getting in the way of the Ukrainians wanting to get out there and battle. All right. That's his claim. That's his claim. It had nothing to do with him, but then here's this is when he tries to pitch that this is still a winnable fight. So let's give it a read. On the contrary, by investing only a fraction of the U.S. defense budget, you can help those valiant Ukrainians to turn the tide, put Putin back in the box, and therefore help secure the, Euro, uh, the Euro-Atlantic areas for a generation without actually risking a single U.S. soldier. Okay you can show the world that trying to change the borders by force will lead to disaster because the greatest lie of all, and I'm just going to move forward a little bit. I might be out of frame while I read this. And the one Putin hoped most to protect by his interview is that the Russian leader is bound to win. He is no more invincible than Adolf Hitler. In fact, he is bound to lose. He has already suffered colossal losses, but that is not the point whatever ukrainian territory he temporarily occupies he can never conquer their spirit i hope and believe that if president trump is elected again he will confound his critics turn his party around and complete the work that he began when he became the first u.s president to give arms to ukraine i say that because in the end all u.s presidents know that our collective security is uh, indivisible in the end the Americans can be relied upon to do the right thing, having exhausted, as the old saying has it, all the available alternatives. Tucker Carlson did us a favor last night in the sense that he proffered the alternative, a Putin victory, the destruction of Ukraine and the descent of much of Europe once again into darkness and fear. It cannot and must not happen. There you go. This is still a winnable fight. And so we have to continue spending money because if we spend money uh putin will actually take a loss go back and everyone will realize we cannot test borders or take things by force and so this was Rand paul responding i mean he wasn't responding to boris johnson but this was Rand paul on the same topic and uh i think like at least can you guys articulate the 86 billion dollar strategy can you articulate what the path to victory is because there was boris johnson going hey this is still winnable Go read my article. I win. I read the article. Did he tell us how it's still winnable? No, he just said that this is still winnable and if we don't win it, then, you know, it, it's still kind of this line, democracy as we know it will never exist on planet Earth. If we let people know that you can go and take territories by force, then we can never have a, and then of course, well, what does America do when we're bombing all over the place and forcing them to have our bases over there? But they, 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 we're not talking about those kind of things. But can you at least articulate to us what the path to victory is? You're telling me, hey, we just need another $86 billion. What does the $86 billion do? How does that get you to winning the war? Can you explain it? Does anyone have an idea here? Is it, oh, with $86 billion, we can buy this specific tank. If we have this specific tank, we feel that we can take back these regions. And if we can take back these regions, then Putin can't do this. And then we can then finally take this area. Remember like the old World War II movies, you get their little maps and you go, we got to move this to here. So we cut off this supply line and then we blow up this thing. And then we take to that thing. Can someone give me one of those things? The little diagram with the Xs and the circles. And then you get General Patton give me a good movie out of this. Can someone articulate what the $86 billion does other than just keeps Ukraine in this fight, tells them that they don't have to negotiate and just leads to more death? That's all it seems like it's doing. It just seems like you're pushing this thing to go on a little bit further. And what you got? Two possibilities. I guess Ukrainian deaths are escalating it into a bigger war. I don't understand what the pathway to victory possibly could be here And then there you go they just self-reference go you can go read it about in my article and then it's just you go to the article and it's just more assurances of well how how does this make a difference what does this do and so here just to hear the uh alternative opinion let's listen to Rand paul
1: disgusting i find it really
0: disturbing Hmm, no sound on my end either what's going on there are people out there making the argument we've been doing great on on sound this whole episode
1: I find that disgusting. I find it really disturbing that there are people out there making the argument.
0: That's odd. Give me a second here, everybody. I find that disgusting. I find it
1: really disturbing that there are
0: people out there making the argument. Oh, you're telling me that the audio is playing for you guys and I just can't hear it? That's the oddest mistake we've had yet. Um, all right, fair argument. enough. On both sides of the aisle, no
1: big deal. It's helping our defense industrial base. It's another word for the military industrial complex because even Eisenhower warned 70-some years ago. He warned that there was a danger that the military industrial complex would get so big that... It wouldn't be policy led by Congress that the corporations would become so big, trillion-dollar corporations grabbing up money that they would direct policy. That it would no longer be you voting, or no longer be us voting, but it would be the corporate interests who make the profit, the proper, the make the profits, would be driving this. And I think we've become eerily close to that. I find that disgusting. I find it really disturbing that there are people out there making the argument on both sides of the aisle, no big deal, it's helping our defense industrial base.
0: All right, I'm not really sure where to stop the clip, but uh, you guys can go uh, check it out. And Essentially what he's saying is that we're not even really arguing that we can win the war at this point, it's that we can make money for the defense contractors. That's the new pitch to the American people. And think about the human interest story of the death in Ukraine. I'm just saying, they like uh, playing off emotions. They like telling us about how people will die and the dignity of human beings. So why not report on all the people that have been conscripted to war, the actual deaths and injuries of this war, and how the American people are trying to keep Ukraine in this fight instead of settling a peace deal. And still lying to us to pretend that, you know, Putin's going to go take over all of Europe. Please articulate that to us. How is it possible what's the time frame how does this end up being a fight with poland has putin stated that he wanted to do that does he have any of the means necessary to do so and then you're also telling me at this point it's basically well we we need to get them the money and it's good for our industries is that a good reason to be sending people to death and then this was from uh, uh i i forget where ron johnson And we play this on part of the problem as well. He did a Twitter Spaces, and uh, I thought that he stated this well. So let's give this a read. Senator Ron Johnson, we all have to understand that Vladimir Putin will not lose this war. Losing to Vladimir Putin is existential to Vladimir Putin. Russia has four times the population and a much larger industrial base. Russia can produce 4.5 million artillery shells per year. We're not even up to 1 million per year. The average age of a Ukrainian soldier right now is 43 years old. Some of zelensky's top aides say that even if the united states and its allies deliver all the weapons they have pledged they don't have the men to use them if you are worried about the people of ukraine you have to understand that probably a hundred thousand of their soldiers have been killed the only way this war ends in a settlement and every day that the war goes on more ukrainians and more russian conscripts die more civilian dies and more of ukraine gets destroyed again sending 60 billion dollars is added fuel to the flames of a bloody stalemate makes no sense as evil of a war criminal as Putin is, he's not going to lose this war. And our colleagues here just aren't willing to accept that reality. They are living in a fantasy world thinking that Ukraine can win this thing. Well said by Ron Johnson. And this was reported by uh, Zero Hedge. It was reported by uh, Kyle uh, um, from uh, antiwar.com, but that there are starting to be some protests against the conscription. Uh, In some very pro-Russian towns, you get the women out there going, hey, you can't be taking our boys, you can't be taking our husbands. And where's all the media footage of this? Of all the people being pulled from their homes to go fight in an unenominable war because of our fantasy that what? Articulate the strategy. What does the $86 billion do? Here, we can read this. Uh, uh, we can read this. And a sign of things to come, come, anti-conscription protests have begun popping up in Ukraine and crucially, even in areas as generally supportive of Zelensky's war efforts against Russia. This comes as Zelensky government has for several weeks now been teasing the likelihood of a major mobilization as the military is in dire need of hundreds of thousands of more able-bodied troops. Currently, a controversial mobilization bill is currently slowly making its way through parliament. It seeks to reduce the age limit from of conscription from twenty seven to twenty five, while also increasing the penalties for those that failing to register. All right, and then here's the last thing on, on this, this topic. funding fight. Obviously, you're urging Congress to act. You all have been fairly optimistic, but realistically, I mean, Speaker Johnson doesn't seem to have any interest in bringing up this bill to fund Ukraine and Israel. So, what is Plan B? Is there a Plan B if Congress doesn't get this done? I won't get into hypotheticals. I think the President was very clear in his statement. It's really important that the House now take this up and get it to his desk. As Kareen said, it get, if, they, if it gets to his desk, he'll sign it. It's, it's critical. This, uh, as we have said before, we said it when we submitted the supplemental back in October. Uh, there is no magical pot of money from which to draw to, to try to support these allies and these partners and to try to support, oh, by the way, significant humanitarian assistance needs, uh, not just in Gaza, but elsewhere around the world. Congress needs to act. They, they, need, they need to be the ones uh, to move forward. But are you seeing any cost for optimism that Congress is actually going to do anything? Well, so a, far it certainly doesn't seem like the speaker is moving in that direction
1: I think todays a, today's
0: a pretty optimistic sign that it, that it got through the Senate That's not an insignificant uh, milestone and again we're grateful for the bipartisan leadership in the Senate. Now it's time for the House to act uh, the same way. And can you say broadly I mean this if this doesn't get done this lack of funding you know not to mention Trump All right. So a couple of things on this. Firstly, kudos to, uh, the Congress for, uh, um, uh, what's called, they didn't get rid of Mayorkas, but they did impeach him. And, uh, while I understand procedurally impeaching people in these positions, just kind of doing the bidding of the presidency president might not be a win. I think, uh, you know, Mayorkas, it would be interesting if over time, like Fauci, they actually investigated him and saw that he was, uh, purposely, doing everything he can to try and get more people into the country. And if for some reason that was an actual initiative of the government. uh, But I do think that it's a little bit of a bad look actually being impeached and, you know, having a formal statement of, you were completely negligent at doing this job and now you got over here that uh congress might actually be able to prevent the war funding getting from Ukraine let's be watching these Republicans and see if they cave hopefully they don't and I think that this uh does you know very rarely or I find you watch these things and go man Congress rules or wow Congress actually makes a difference." uh but we'll see if uh, if in this case it does and then I-, I love how the government turns around and goes well this way if it thing folds, it's the fault of those republicans in congress if you work in a company and someone goes hey we're going to put this into the marketing budget and it's going to bring this amount of returns and then we're going to have this amount of money for this next thing and then it doesn't work out and then they turn around and go well i just need more money to spend on the thing and then the people who said well your plan didn't work we're not spending more money on your plan and then you go oh well, it's their fault because they didn't give me more money no your plan didn't work two years ago, you guys made some really broad and bold claims about how we were winning this war and we're not. And how, you know, I I don't know what you think you're going to do. So you're going to beat back Putin to his lines. You're going to bankrupt the Russians. And then Putin will have learned his lesson. And then what? What exactly was the strategy here? And then as you continue. To have none of these things work you go well we just need a little bit more for our plan and you don't actually articulate what that's going to do and then if you don't get it you go it was everybody else's fault all right let's move on to our next topic which is the latest of what's going on out in israel and gaza but before we do why not plug sheathunderwear.com the most comfortable underwear that's ever graced the balls of man People, if you have not upgraded to sheath underwear, you don't know what you're missing out on life. This is like that lounge access that I was talking about, where suddenly you're just getting all these wonderful free things that you're like, I, why is there a universe of freeness? And let me tell you, you don't know the freeing sensation of when you're not thinking about the fact that your balls are stuck to your leg. You don't even know what that lifestyle looks like. When you think, you turn around, you're like, man, it's been three weeks and I didn't have to readjust my nuts once. Think about how much time and brain space you're wasting every single day as you've got swampy nuts flopping around all over the place and you sit down and they're getting stuck to your leg. You don't even know how much that's holding you back. And so I've been out here for two whole years telling you about sheathunderwear.com, the better lifestyle that you could be living and how you could have your underwear with everything cool, comfortably protected, and separated the way that you'd like for it to be. So go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM, you get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. All right, so now further coverage of how everyone in the Middle East is just wrong. It's just that they're the the divorced couple, they're going to fight to the end, and you can stand on the sidelines and go, listen... Like, can we not fight to the end or at least i guess in this case we could be like listen we don't need to fund the lawyers so that these people can fight to the end but uh in further coverage of everything that's been going wrong out there you've got i think it's the unwra or whatever and they were the un organization responsible for i think uh a lot of caring for you know all of the refugees or other people that are living out in the gaza region the U.N. comes in and they give all this uh, support to the area. I think some of the money and funds are being processed through them. And then it turns out that they gave some cover to the terrorists that were involved in the attack on Israel. And then maybe the, maybe, the, maybe these people who have been claiming about military bases and whatever pulled this magic trick. But you had the uh, Israeli military went to some UWNRWA. Uh, It sounds like a rap group, but they went to their headquarters, and then they said, hey, give me their stuff, and they sent it down, and then they went through all these tunnels, and then right below where that base was, the Israeli military is claiming that that was uh, um, terrorists pulling electricity and basically cover because they were underneath the UN. Now maybe they pulled some magic trick where they lower the thing down a tunnel and then they get some guy to run it to some other room and then they're in a completely different spot that's not underneath the base. I think that there have been lies on both sides. It's hard to tell. And once again, just because you gotta stay on the straight and focus here so that people don't twist your words. I don't think that the bombing of civilians in gaza is warranted no matter what's going on here Uh, but like i said both sides are wrong and adding fuel to the fire this is from reuters hamas had command tunnel under u.n gaza headquarters israel says once again it's according to israel so i can't verify it a hundred percent so on the uh israel side you've got that u.n was seemingly giving cover for terrorists in gaza now You've got what seems like the United States government is actually turning around. And, uh, you know, that was another thing that we were saying from the beginning, that even if you were pro-Israel, it would seem to me that once the magnifying glass and the internet was upon them, and we're seeing footage of them killing civilians, I don't think that they're going to be able to walk them walk themselves out of this one, I don't think that they're going to be able to spin the story, and I think that this is going to be a PR disaster, and I think long term they will lose support, but I can't say that for a fact, I was just saying it seems to me that the optics of this are a losing game. And so here, I'm going to read you some recent headlines, and you can tell me if you think uh, if you think that this is starting to turn on Israel. So this was from the New York Post: Biden says Israel killed too many civilians as he warns Netanyahu not to squash Hamas and Rafah without new plan. They're over. That's never good when you're hearing from America that you're over your quota from the people who, you know, how many times are we supposed to go over the fiscal cliff and then we just raise our budget? When you're hearing from America, like, dude, you're kind of over your quota here you're pushing things a little bit too far. Uh, And then I clipped this other part of the article, so I probably wanted to read it. Let's read it. Washington, President Biden warned Israel on Monday not to clear out the final pockets of Hamas control in Gaza, yet because the Israel has already killed too many Palestinian civilians and that new safeguards are needed. It's a little bit it's like with guys we're willing to look the other way but you guys are over that number of what we can look the over the other way on so you're gonna have to figure something out here biden speaking alongside Jordan king abdullah II during the middle east uh leaders a visit to the white house expected his criticism of israel prime minister benjamin netanyahu even as aides denied the ramp up was prompted by polls showing the president risks swing state losses in november uh, to angering Muslims and Arab voters. So that's, now this is interesting is Biden coming into an election season, secretly calling up Netanyahu behind closed doors and go, listen, we're going to keep sending you supplies. You do whatever the hell you got to do. But for the next six months, I got to pretend like I'm not that into it. Or you got to displace, he's calling them up and goes, Hey, can you displace some Arabs in Michigan or get a bunch of Jews to move there? Remember a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about how come you don't see more initiatives to try and just move people into swing, like into swing state areas? I'm surprised that uh, you don't have Jewish money pouring into Michigan all of a sudden. Jewish community centers, herring stores, signs that say we respect uh, all coupons all the time. I mean, I, I'm surprised they aren't just trying to get some uh, to turn Michigan into the new New York City so that, you know, you can combat that Arab vote that might swing the state that's actually uh, getting in the way of uh, Israel being able to get its bombs. And so here was uh, Biden actually speaking out against what BB what Netanyahu is doing. Let's give this a they listen. They need to be protected. Rafa is a city near Gaza's border with Egypt. More than a million Palestinians are sheltering there after Israel urged them to leave Hamas strongholds in the north 4 months ago. I want to replay that cuz uh, now Israel the clip came wants in a little late. They're
1: packed into Rafah.
0: Major offensive in the most densely
1: populated part of southern Gaza. And now they're packed into Rafah, exposed and vulnerable. They need to be protected.
0: Rafah is a city near Gaza's border with Egypt. More than a million Palestinians are sheltering there after Israel urged them to leave Hamas strongholds in the north four months ago. So if you haven't followed this story, Israel's been bombing the north, kept funneling the people into the south. Now they're all the way up against the wall. You've got a million people and uh, now they're starting to bomb that area. And so here was uh, Netanyahu's response.
1: No circumstances should we enter Rafa are basically saying, lose the war. Hamas there
0: yeah they literally that's always the thing do you want us to be dead you must want us to be dead oh you're opposing us killing people is that because you want us to be dead that that must be the reason that you're doing it um and so this is from the New York Times terrified Gazans away as an Israeli advance in the city that they fled to this is from the BBC but with the inevitability comes the equally predictable dilemma of what to do with as many as 1.5 million civilians sheltering in the area that had a pre-war population around 270,000. Uh, you also have that uh, there was uh, in this article that the only group of people that would seem to have had the resources in the area to, I guess, be caring for all these dis- displaced people um, is the UN UNWRA which Israel is now claiming has been running cover for, uh, you know, Hamas and the terrorists. Now this I found interesting because while they're claiming that there's no, I guess that the area is densely populated, they did showcase two pictures that don't seem to line up as being of the same area and that the one on the right does seem to have more space, but I don't often look at aerial pictures. So I, I'm not, I'm not calling bullshit on the entire article. And I do think, once again, Israel's indiscriminate bombing of civilians in Gaza uh, is unjustified. And this seems to be, I, I don't know, what are they going to keep running them in circles while they chase Hamas? Is they're going to push them all the way to the south? Then they got to go back to the north and they got to re clear the south. I, I don't know exactly what the plan is here. All right. And moving on from that one, uh, mutant wolves roaming Chernobyl exclusion zone have developed cancer resilient abilities. And, uh, I guess what I appreciate about this is that firstly it's always interesting to me how uh, you know I, I guess it's just my resentfulness for how bad of a student I was and how much I hated science and then you get all these kids that were Supposedly so much smarter and better at you at school and then you find out no one knows what the fuck is going on in the world Nobody knows you know they, they yell about global warming and then it turns out that uh, maybe the pollution that we've been putting up into This guy is actually protecting us from all the Sun that otherwise would have been coming through It just seems like all the time they're just pretending like they know shit and then they preach at us and then they turn around and they don't fucking know anything whatsoever. And so in this case, you know, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, so maybe if you're being unhealthy right now and you're consuming sugar or other horrible things, maybe your kids will evolve or all they will need is sugar. Like you know you get these people that are eating salad all the time and they're just going to die off because salad's going to become expensive it's not going to be readily available what i'm saying is you need to invest in doing horrible things to your body now for the sake of your grandkids so that they can evolve and just be great with it you know what i mean drink alcohol every day eat more sugar watch all the porn and then in the future, your kids, your grandkids, they'll just be able to live off that stuff. They'll just be able to stay in the home and survive, maybe even thrive. Maybe they'll even be better looking. I mean, how many how many thousands of years is it going to take of us just eating pure sugar and nothing else before the human body just evolves to that that's all it needs? All this talk about well thousands of years ago we were in, we're evolving, baby. We're figuring out how to be high calorie density. I'm just saying if you can leave wolves alone, next to a nuclear reactor, and then they could just turn out to be immune to the radiation. Who the hell knows what we could be doing to the human body? All right, this is uh, a... Another random one, I came across this on Twitter, story of a lady in Boston who is taking Haitian migrants into her home. Let's give it a watch.
1: Story you'll only see here on NBC10 Boston. A migrant family from Haiti is sharing their experience. They're searching for shelter in the Boston area and then recently found a host home in Brookline. And now they're looking for jobs. As NBC10's Aaron Logan reports, they say these last few weeks have been life-changing.
0: Good, good. I'm recording, and but It's you been do an your emotional few weeks for Wildande
1: Joseph and her husband. First, sleeping on the floor at Logan Airport, then in Children's Hospital with their two-year-old daughter who got very sick. Me
0: it's ma- muy difícil, este oh. She felt bad as any mother would. Now things are looking much brighter as they've been welcomed into Lisa Hillenbrand's Brookline apartment. Nina, es muy uh, alegre ahora. Muy alegre. Cuando se levanta in the morning, she says, Hi, Lisa. She says her daughter yeah, is very happy. Yeah. When she wakes up in the morning, she says, Hi, Lisa, and everyone starts the
1: day smiling. It's a delight. And it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know
0: them. Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef, as Wildande loves cooking. ¿Te gusta
1: la ocupacion? Sí. sí. In
0: fact, her goal is to open up her own restaurant. All right, we're going to close out the show with this one, but I'm mourning this lady because I've let people crash in my apartment, and this is the honeymoon period. You might think now that this is nice, you give this three months, this lady's going to... I want to see that follow-up story when she's the one knocking on the deportation center doors and going, you got to get these people out of my house. It's been three months. They, they're not finding jobs. This lady was telling me that she had dreams of a restaurant. She doesn't even cook for me anymore. These people are just on the couch. Do I have to personally drive them back to Haiti? Because I will. You do a three-month uh, follow-up on this one, and that's where it's going to be. All right, that is our episode. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Back probably next week with another episode, possibly Friday or Saturday. And once again, live dates in Kansas City, Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, out uh, in uh, Salt Lake City next week. That is the episode. Have a great day. Peace.